the news on Radio 191 FM. Ahi ahi. This is the news on Radio 1 Te Reo Irerangi Kotahi for Friday, the 21st of May. The University of Otago has supplied an estimated one ping pong ball every weekday since the start of the academic year. Otago University has two ping pong tables located in the link of the Central Library. There are always table bats available, however depending on the time of day that you head to the tables, you may come across a punctured or missing ball. Radio 1 went out to investigate the amount of ping pong balls the uni has used. Campus and Collegiate Life Services Director James Lindsay stated that the Recreation Services has supplied an estimated 60 ping pong balls so far this year. Kohana Tene, Associate Professor and Head of the Department of Politics at the University of Otago, has condemned the government's budget for a lack of support for tertiary students. The budget, announced yesterday by Finance Minister Grant Robinson, had little to give to students in tertiary education. Here's what Associate Professor Brian Roper had to say. So compared to most OECD countries, New Zealand has very high fees, and for international students it has the highest tuition fees in the OECD. And it also has some of the lowest levels of student support. In other words, you know, support through things like student allowances. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and even within this funding model, for example, the... Um, the key English national government cut funding of student allowances by 27.8%, which is a huge cut. And the eligibility criteria for student allowances is um, so appallingly tight with um, parents' income levels being set so low that um, less than a third of, uh, of, of tertiary students are eligible for um, student allowances and therefore have to borrow from the student loan scheme. In fact, close to 95% of university students have to borrow from the student loan scheme, even if they're actually also receiving a student allowance. So this situation is absolutely appalling. And it was against this backdrop that so many university students voted for Labour uh, uh, and the Greens in the 2017 um, election because of the promise of the the introduction of of, of a fee-free policy for the first year and then subsequent years which was going to be rolled out. Um, The fact that they've broken this promise um, while investing billions in other areas is is absolutely um, shocking. Well, I actually always thought that their their fee-free policy was was extraordinarily inadequate, mm-hmm. um, that really um, we should have been moving towards fee-free tertiary education, certainly for, for covering the first five years of participation in tertiary education much more rapidly than that, and I think that COVID actually provided them with an opportunity to invest in youth and invest in the future you know, of, this, of this economy and society. You know, young people are the future of the society and the future of this economy. And this government has shamelessly chosen to not invest in our future, which is our young people. Um, so I think it's absolutely appalling. I think it's absolutely appalling that we have, and this is being well and truly continued by this government, um, one of the most mean-spirited approaches to funding tertiary education in the OECD. So what I would like to see is the generalised, a return to barrier-free tertiary education funded by progressive taxation.
and it is absolutely crystal clear that the government could afford to do it. It's never been clearer. Um, so their failure to do so um, really, I think, is, 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 is thoroughly reprehensible. Resistance is not futile, and, and the reality is if students want lower fees and they want a more generous provision of student allowances through protesting, through occupying and through striking. And so that's essentially, students have got to get much more real about that. You know, they've, they've tried working through the official channels, they've found that voting isn't enough, um, which it isn't. Yeah. The, the, the only way this government is going to actually move to the left of us is if it's actually subject to some real pressure to do so. Mm. Um, you know, and that's why I think, um, you know, student associations um, uh, and, and students generally need to be building mass campaigns of, of, of uh, you know, uh, to, to actually put some pressure on the government. It was budget day here in Aotearoa yesterday, which is one of the most watched and speculated upon days in Parliament. Students were not entirely ignored in this budget, with a $25 a week increase to the student allowance and living loan coming into effect from April 1st next year. In his budget day speech, Finance Minister and Deputy Prime Minister Grant Robertson spoke to the mother of all budgets, the infamous budget of 30 years ago that saw cuts to benefits and public expenditure. He talked about the damages that had been done as a result, seeing increases to child poverty and inequality resulting from these cuts, and these were at the forefront of his justification for this budget. His government set to undo this damage and announced an increase of up to $55 per week to main budgets. Radio One spoke to OUSA President Michaela Whiteharvey about this budget and her thoughts on it for students, Dunedin and Aotearoa as a whole. Michaela was supportive of the evidence-based approach to the budget, but didn't believe that the budget necessarily went far enough. More generally, I'm supportive of the wellbeing focus in the budget and seeing that there's evidence-based support specifically for things like the WEAG report. The increases that are included have been you know, long overdue, I think. I'm still largely annoyed that it doesn't go far enough and that it plugs part of a whole of a much bigger issue. I think generally the, the increases to benefits and the increases for students was not enough. But, you know, there's some good wins for Dunedin. There's stuff like Hillside. Um, and you can see generally like a move towards sort of recovery. President Wait Harvey was disappointed about the increases for students, arguing that it is more debt and does nothing to mitigate the systemic issues within the Study Link program. You know, embedding increases in a system that the government has said that themselves that they believe needs restructuring, that they say themselves is partly broken, the study link process, and then just carrying on without actually fixing the underlying issues. So well and good to give us more money, but what about parental income thresholds? You know, you've said that that's wrong. What about, um, you know, this idea that entitlements need to be supplemented with part-time pay? You know, the, the government has admitted to us that they actively look at student entitlements alongside an expectation that we have to work part-time. That's ridiculous thinking, and it's not embedded in any other benefit scheme, so why is it embedded in ours? In his Budget Day speech, Grant Robertson said that this government is committed to warm, dry and safe homes for all New Zealanders. I asked President Wait Harvey about this, and she argued that this budget didn't go far enough. She staunchly advocated for the winter energy payment for students instead of just the increase to the loan. Why didn't they extend the winter energy payment to students? That's $20 a week 
that students wouldn't have to pay back. It wouldn't further embed a broken system. It would be moving students towards a fairer system, like the winter energy payment, which is set money from May 1st to October 1st. Every single year, you don't have to pay it back. No questions asked. I mean, there's there's plenty of arguments that people make about the winter energy payment, the fact that although it's targeted towards helping people warm their homes, there's no guarantee that that money is going to be used for heating. It's just tw- it's an extra $20 that people get. My argument to that is indicating that this money is for a winter energy payment in itself is better than just handing us $25 in a generalised pool of money. At least it indicates to students that, hey, we're giving you this extra money and we're giving it to you because we recognise that you need help heating your homes. Um, and... On top of that, it, this just flies in the face of the fact that government has put in place healthy homes legislation. They chuck a heat pump in our flat. They don't give us more money to use it. Back to you, Sanena. The Palestine Solidarity Network, Aotearoa, is holding a rally tomorrow starting outside the Otago Museum. The rally for Palestine starts at 1pm, aiming to march down towards the octagon. At least 200 Palestinians have been killed in the week of airstrikes, including 59 children and 35 women, with some of 1,300 people wounded, according to the Gaza House Ministry. To show your support and help campaign a free Palestine, head to the museum for 1pm Saturday. On Wednesday, the Texas governor, Greg Abbott, signed legislation banning abortions as early as six weeks. The New York Times reports. The Texas bill is described as the heartbeat ban, as this bill prohibits any means of abortions the moment a fetal heartbeat has been detected. This means that any woman in Texas are unable to access professional health care to get the procedure done after six weeks. The bill will be enforced on the 1st of September, making Texas the largest state with a law that bans abortions before many women even know that they are pregnant. The popular Instagram page, Shit You Should Care About, posted a response to this stating, This does not stop abortions. It stops safe abortions. The Silverline Festival is starting this evening at the St David's Lecture Theatre at Otago University. Tickets are $5 per day or $10 for the weekend. There are going to be lots of awesome speakers, yummy snacks, friendly faces and fun activities. Grab tickets from the Silverline Facebook or Instagram page. Now let's head to the weather. The Radio 191 FM weather. Today in Otepote, there is going to be occasional rain, which will hopefully clear this afternoon and become fine. There will be a high of 14 degrees and a low of 5 degrees, and the sunset will be at 5.12pm. I went out to investigate what Otago students' favourite papers were at the university and why, and here are some of their responses. I really loved Geog 282, or it was the Coastal Geography paper, and I also really enjoyed Comp 160 because I'd never done Comp before. You know, I never, well, I didn't think I would, but I enjoyed it because I actually studied. It was the first paper I'd done that I'd studied, having knowing nothing, and then I got like a B or B plus, and I was stoked with that. The A4 paper in the printers, it's quite useful. Probably the most useful to me, to be honest. I like human toxicology because Rhonda Rosengreen is the best lecturer in the world. Um, My favourite paper was probably any communications paper because then I just got to watch movies in my lectures. Uh, MIFCO 319, Contemporary American Cinema. I liked it so much I did it twice because I failed the first time. (laughs) (laughs) The Radio 1 Fashion Report.
This week's Friday fashion brand goes to New Inn. New Inn brand was founded in Europe in 2019 by a small group of friends, Mike, Poppy, Marcus and Stephanie, who have collectively worked in the fashion industry for over 50 years. The brand encompasses the idea of fashion having a responsibility to protect our planet and its inhabitants. Sustainable fashion is important to New Inn. They use only recycled and organic materials. Their designs are simple and are earth and pastel tones. Each piece has been cut and fit to look smooth and fitted when they are worn. My favourite items are their chocolate brown and beige knitted tops. They are great for layering in the cold during winter months. Sadly for us, this brand is only available online, as it is based in Europe, but you can check out their pieces on Instagram at nu-infashion. And that was the news. Hope you all have a wonderful weekend and we'll see you back here on Monday.